So Pectare update. Um, I probably like to usually like to differentiate the difference between a Pectare and the complete detachment I had because the rehab and recovery are two different, uh, completely different. So you know, when people ask me how my Pectare is going, you know, it's like um, I have to try and think of it differently because my first Pectare only took four months to recover. Right. Because I tore it. I, I kind of deemed it fully recovered by the time I could hit the number I tore it under. So I tore it under 190 kilo bench press, and then four months later, I hit 190 kilo bench press again. And this was a significant tear. It's like 50 millimeters long, 40 millimeters deep. But, but, the, but the muscle was still attached to the bone, right? The muscle was still attached. Um, the second tear I got was in the other one. Apparently, it is quite common to tear your other pec. Right. Uh, for individuals who have torn one side, usually the other other one goes. But the second one was far more severe. Um, so it was a complete detachment of um, the clavicular and sternal head of the pec or pectoralis major and a uh, partial tendon tear. So apparently the uh, superior portion of the of the tendon had torn off the bone and had peeled peeled back. Um, so there fucking was a ouch. Yeah, <laughs> sounds fucking so. Um, so ju- just for people who aren't into the anatomy side of things, which which end of the pec tore was it towards off the humerus? Off the humerus. Okay, so it was the arm side that came away. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> they've had to uh, essentially. Fish out the fish out the parts of the tendon that was in my delt, and then fix the tendon, reattach the tendon, and attach the tendon back to the pec, and then the pec back onto the bone. And I had to do that by opening me up, uh, drill holes into my humerus, and then uh, attach it back, attach it back on. And then I had to be in a sling for up to you know six six to twelve weeks. Um, so. <clears throat> Now I'm about nine weeks post-surgery. And, you know, it is one of those things, the rehab for this is quite, I have to be quite conservative and it's quite, you know, quite scary because with this one, I only have one more shot left before, you know, if I do this again, I'm done um, for the sport. What, so so th- th- what they mean, they won't, they won't... He says he can't reattach it. It'll Wait, so... so what happens if you if you do a full tear again? It, you're just you're just left without a pec for life. Is that what you're saying? Or that's how he put it. Um, Shit. It'll damage it'll damage what's been done there too much. Um, I'm sure he might be able to. I know I know I'm not a surgeon. Yeah. Um, you know, but it'll never be usable. You'll never be able to comp- You'll never be able to compete in bench again. Basically, no, no. Um, I'm not particularly a deadlift specialist either. So. Um, so yeah, I have to take, I do have to take my time. That being said, I am ahead of where I should, where I should be. And it's not, not fear is just a, you know, a lack of, lack of knowledge I find or understanding to assess and tolerate risk. And so I, I've talked to a lot of ex, a lot of experts in this in this field. Still taking as much of a conservative approach as I can, as well as my own, you know, ability to understand my understanding of a, of anatomy and just my own intuition with 
with my body. I've been a little bit further further ahead with you know with an approach that's non damaging. So you know, basically, it's taken a very long time for me to even attempt to load the pec, but more just to build back functionality of the shoulder and um, bring back the muscle hypertrophy that um, I had a lot of muscle atrophy from it. So at least yeah. I'm building myself into a position where by the time I can do what I need to do, then I can at least when I when it's time to load the pack more, I'm ready to go. However, I have been starting to press really slow. I literally started with one kilo. Now, last time I was able to progress much, much faster, obviously with the other pack. Yeah. I was able to add uh, five kilo, five, 10 kilos a day to it until I was able to get back to 190 kilo bench in four months time. Um, and I'd aggravated a couple of times, but it's fine. He'll back quickly and keep going until I was able to address the initial issue. But this one, um, is far more terrifying. So it's literally been one kilo every session added, added to it, as long as it feels, you know, good. Right. Um, and now I benched 40 kilos the other day, um, which at this stage, you know, it's not a brag. It's just that, you know, I am further ahead than what is generally considered the, the rate of progression. And um, mentally, I am, you know, feel like I am still pacing myself at the right, at, yeah. at a pace that I'm comfortable, that I'm comfortable with. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, ama- to be honest, I think it's amazing that you're benching at all. Like when mm-hmm. I heard you've done anything, like I, I'm almost shocked to see the, the the amount of movement you've got now you're at the sling because mm. I mean you you sent me photographs of the surgery it was the, like it's it's a serious injury it's a fucking well as serious as you can get for a bencher I suppose mm. um, so yeah it blows my mind that you're benching at all and you just told me that you're um, competing in November yes are you looking to yeah I'm I'm going to compete in November but with a mindset that it is not about maximal performance of mainly just right. the bench press. Um, I'm able to squat and deadlift pretty well. I squatted 220 the other day. Uh, the I'm in a, using a what's called a transformer bar, so I don't have to be put my arms in a position. Right. Because it's still not mobile enough to probably hold onto a bar at this stage. Um, but I'm still able to squat and how a back squat should be squatted uh, with this, you know, with this bar, um, specialty bar. Right. And uh, deadlifts. Using straps at the moment, so I'm not, you know, externally rotating the humerus in a position that might compromise the um, the attachment of mm. the pec. But now I'm slowly exposing that position as well. Um, but in that time, I've, you know, just strengthened what I can that does prevent, again, the pec from being taking as much tolerance and then the exposure to that tolerance of the pec is just being very very progressive in a you know very incremental approach and so so i don't get ahead of myself you know you set a set a conservative conservative model to stick to Mm. of an adaptable range of, of of tolerance or you know tissue tolerance and having that in mind is like not projecting you know, anything that is unrealistic into this competition. Mm. Um, so something something like what I could commonly hit in training, because maximal performance isn't going to happen because, I mean, maximal performance is hard enough as it is without an injury. 
Um, yeah, th- uh, this is the thing that you've explained to me that most people don't understand. That like, when you go, like the bet the best lifters lift more at a competition than they do in training. Mm. That there's an extra edge. Like what you're truly maximally able to lift is mm-hmm. is actually different to what your you think your one rep max is and what you've done in training, right? Because you take yeah. it to another level. But even just trying to even express that level of strength in training can take a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and if that's um, so, I'm you know, conservatively projecting for something that I could always hit. I've always been able to hit with just, you know, simple training, 190 kilos, maybe 200 kilos on a good day. Right. Um, so that's what I'm sticking, that's what I'm sticking to, probably like the 190 kilo model, um, because I know I can always, can always do that. And that, that, so, I, and that was the number that you tore your other pack at, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Well, but, but that's the number I did as the recovery. Of course. Yeah. 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 And then continue to progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a very good explanation to that to that initial tear just about the podcast we just talked about before it was two max effort sessions very close to each other which you know was already a little bit niggly yeah um, and then decided to do two max effort sessions without allowing for the recovery time that that pec requ- needed mm. you know so yeah I learned my lesson now it's very explainable you know, reasoning why we shouldn't max have it so close to each other all the time, especially with bench presses. Um, for people who have big bench, uh, yeah, a lot of people can get away with doing a lot of high volume of bench pressing, um, and so can you. You know, relative you know loads are, are good yeah. in comparison to your one RM. But when you get strong people with pec tears, become more and more common for anyone who has over a two hundred kilo bench press. Right. Um, because at that point it just becomes a physics problem doesn't it like yeah and you're dealing with a very small margin of error um, because you have to maintain a compressive force and aligned force on the shoulder joint um, with far more significant loads Mm. and when the loads increase more we're going to have imbalances start to express themselves more anything at near maximal effort you're going to deviate from you know the the head of the humerus will start to deviate further from from its you know center to then you know to then dominating in you know dominating in usually in internal rotation yeah which is what usually causes the pec tear um so i guess the next level to this is that not only have i been able to you know do this more with all the right advice from people and expert advice from yep. people and having a good understanding of, you know, anatomy and physiology, um, there is also a peptide. Um, right. So this is, I mean, this is what people will naturally ask as well. Like, is it, what are you supplementing with? Is there anything different that you're doing to a, recover? There's a couple of things. There's first off, um, um, coll- uh, collagen, type two collagen, um, research trying to help heal connective tissue tendon tendon to bone okay as well uh, muscle muscle back to bone uh and muscle muscle tears and stuff to help with that type of recovery uh so there's a supplement from atp called jolt that um that i take uh on a daily daily basis then there is a peptide research peptide called bpc 157 um 
Which, which is yeah, you can tell it's you can tell it's a research one because it's just the scientific name. It's not been branded as anything. No. Um, so I don't, you know, uh, know too much about how it's derived or where it's from, but I know it's something that is a peptide that is developed in the gut. Um, this is about as far as I know, but the research has shown very significant um, increases in in rats rat study. Um, right. recovery um, anecdotally um, not a lot of people to use it and have reported significant recovery rates in comparison to previous injuries or some injuries of their peers um, I've always there's two things I've always wondered how you know is it just that athletes put in more work to have increased recovery rate yeah um, or is it these you know these peptides and hormones that people do but um, the research is pretty strong with this one in rat studies, um, and there's people I've talked to um, around the world, you know, other consultants from the states to try and learn more about this, and um, um, a few of my own peers seeing, you know, really strong people with significant recovery rates with this uh, BPC one five seven. Now, um, I guess, are, are there any are there any side effects? Just quickly, or there's no downside to taking it that you there's not enough there's not enough research uh to uh say yeah yeah, um are you you experiencing anything no everything's fine just um the one thing again no 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 research to back this but i talked to someone in the States who is very knowledgeable in this area saying that from his observation he has seen people um, have you know have other tears or other injuries post using this, and so he questioned the quality of the tissue that is recovered, um, right? Uh, because it's recovered in such a rapid amount of time, such a rapid amount of time. But then we also both concluded that there are other variables to this as well. Is that um, you know these individuals uh, are maybe they're already coming to training too fast or they're already you know there's so many other variables that can cause injuries because you know elite lifters generally cause more injuries to themselves yeah um, when they are pushing the limits anyway so and we left that up for there's no real control um, and to compare compare that and there's no real um, um, at this stage it just uh, the research shows that it does increase recovery and the people that have used it so far have reported um, faster recovery rates yeah but if we are to look at one research article there is one there is one here and it talks about they were able uh so the rate they did rotator cuff tests so here it is they the rotator cuff muscular impacts dynamic stability and the glenal humeral joint let me skip ahead um so basically they caused the tear in the rotator cuff um and then near the end here uh, the animals treated with BPC-157 uh, was observed a total functional recovery similar to healthy animals, along with um, um, uh, supraspinatus and infraspinatus tendon healing. Uh, yeah, with yeah, with tendon healing, and in in the controls, mobility, um, mobility range, muscle strength, and leg length were reduced compared to the BPC-157 treated animals. In conclusion, BPC-157 could be successfully used in healing um, um, and functionally recovering of a 
rotator cuff tear. So comparing, so comparing animals who use BPC-157 um, showed um, full functionality uh, within their healing time frame comparison to people, uh, comparison to animals. I mean, we are an animal. Um, comparing um, um, animals who didn't take it were still had impairment. Right, okay, so... Fuck it, poor fucking rat. This <laughs> tore up its rotator cuff. Um, so, where are you getting it from then? Like, what? Like, if it, if it's a research drug, like, mm. how come you can have peptide. access to it? It's not. It's not. It's not a drug. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not a supplement. It's not. Not really classed as anything. It's a peptide. Um, so, peptides are. Pro- people understand. People. Peptides are proteins that help body express. Um, express various things in the body, such so various hormones or yep. you know, amino acids to help signal. You know, this one signals um, uh, collagen synthesis. So, yeah, there's a another little research here helps promote tendon and ligament healing, direct tendon to bone healing, uh, counter the damaging effect of You know, something in the gut repair repair the damage that is done by inflammatory bowel disease help cure I can't even read that word but yeah there's a, a bone healing so yeah there's a lot there's a lot to there's a lot to uh, has been seen with this new peptides and there's been all sorts of healing peptides over over I've seen over the years and this one seems to have the most um, most support would the, would the be do you think there'd be efficacy for dosing it all the time like or is it just going to be a benefit when you're actually injured um from what i've i guess have consulted just while you're using it yeah. it's probably uh while you're injured is probably well probably best and technically i'm going to be not fully recovered until i'm able to venture closer to a good level of performance yeah um because essentially my healing process is also going to be about you know, creating uh, constant micro damage to the area, so mm. that it is able to heal in a more functional, more functional way. Um, and that includes like breaking up the scar tissue and applying a, a small amount of stress to promote healing in that yep. area. So it is important that I bench. It is important that I train it and load it, um, and that's going to actually improve improve the rate of recovery as well. Um, and as to answer your original question, you can buy this. You can buy these stuff for research purposes only online, um, in Australia, overseas, anywhere. Um, <laughs> what does that? What does that mean? So they're selling it to people to do their own research or to be part of the I research. Don't ask questions. <laughs> it's just fucking. They just put the disclaimer on it and then that's yeah. it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Not recommending it to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. How much? How much difference do you think it's making to you? Obviously, you, you can, I mean, you you can't. What I can draw, or the only can only comparison I can draw is what the expected rate of healing from other other individuals yeah. that the surgeon has told me about. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's nothing there's nothing to show how much time you save uh, with this with this type um, using this as a you know form of recovery. It's still yeah. best to follow very strong principles behind rehabilitation and being still very cons- as conservative as possible to to heal so yeah it doesn't mean you can be an idiot it just it just means it's another ins- call it insurance policy to 
Right. Yeah. 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 To be a little bit better. Um, yeah. So you can't. You can't. Um, I mean, obviously, when we spoke with Doctor Locke, he went through this, and you just mentioned it then. How you have to. If you if you you have to train the muscle to act like a muscle, you can't just be stationary, and and you've got, you've still got to follow all the correct rehabilitation principles at the same yeah. time. It's not a magical and, substance. Yeah, and here's the thing: like muscles heal quicker and adapt quicker and heal quicker than tendons, tendons and yeah. ligaments. And I have a tendon ligament issue, so even though my muscle can handle what it what tolerant the low tolerance I want, I can give it doesn't necessarily mean the uh, tendons and ligaments and the attachment to the bone uh, is handling the same so just a little bit of assistance in that area um, and yeah because that, I mean that's that's the part that's the part of the injury that you're most wanting to avoid right it's the, it, if the muscle tears again yeah not, not so bad but if the tendon comes off the bone again then you, you, you're fucked basically From the discussions I've had with um, Dr. Locke is that this can heal back stronger than scarred muscle scarred tissue it can be trained properly stronger than regular tissue or right. unhealed tissue so or just uninjured tissues so i do a good job with this you know he hasn't seen anyone re-tear the same type of injury again right um even though as much as surgeon has warned me against it you know what it's still just got to take my time so um it is a terrifying injury to work with knowing that in the back of your head so fuck yeah mm. so is it, is it are you are you thinking um i'm just thinking about when you get onto the platform because that that that's going to be a bit obviously the psychology nothing, nothing's going to be i have to i'm a very very competitive person yeah and so i have to be disciplined in myself to be able to follow a very strict strict plan um, for recovery. So I have to tell myself that this next maximum performance isn't going to occur until next year's competition. And so I have to follow a conservative model yeah. that I have you know, developed myself and I have to stick to that plan. So there'll be nothing unplanned and for bench press, nothing unplanned that I'll do on the platform. So right. it won't be competitive numbers. It won't be anything like that. It'll just be what I can do. Now, my conservative numbers are still usually it's still way ahead than most of the competition i've always had a really really big bench press um so a, you know number i can hit in the gym most days is more than even a lot of the most you know strongest yeah. people are competing against anyway that's where i dominate is you know my squat and bench um what if what if what if you what if it just what if it feels great this is going to be the issue is it it's, it's going to be that refraining from yeah this is yourself. i have to create a level of accountability which i have for myself we have individuals i don't have a coach i have to write my i'm writing my own program just because of the variables i have to yeah. have to control um but i have other experts in other areas it's mainly to keep me accountable for not going over the top you know yeah um, and i'll have to set that in place for myself because i do know myself you know um but knowing that i'm placing this in 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 the level of priority to uh, do better next year does help. It's almost like a warm up event for you, mm -hmm. rather than obviously the end of the road. Yeah, and um, I get this, a lot of similar reactions. And we were talking about this before. Is that you know everyone thinks I'm absolutely crazy in doing this. <laughs> to, to be fair, my first reaction was fuck what. But but to be to be fair, when I when I 
hear you say, I'm going to compete, I think the way you normally compete, like that, that's my, like, and it makes sense now you're saying you're not going to that level. Because my impression of you as a person is that you only know one way and that is like you're going all in, right? And, mm. and that that sounds crazy. I mean, that would be crazy, right? Mm. Yeah, for the bench press aspect. Yeah. yeah. I still got, I got, I got room, I got room for the other two um, and they shouldn't have an impact on the pack or the pack shouldn't impact on them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. at the moment I'm, I can train squat at full, com, you know, full capacity. So um, I haven't been able to push it heavy enough because the pressure, the, the amount of um, internal pressure has, you know, mentally played with me because, you know, I can right. feel that in the pack, not as pain, just pressure, you know, so it just sends signals to the brain telling me is like uh, you should be scared of that <laughs> so what how, how do you mean not pain just pressure you mean <coughs> you mean pressure from your brace or the pressure of the weight on your back it builds you know when you brace up and then hold that pressure on your back you yeah that pressure the internal pressure increases yeah, yeah, yeah um i don't feel it until it's at least above 200 and yeah, yeah, yeah. and i really start to feel it and that's going to be obviously exponentially more when i get to 300 400 but uh, same thing slow exposure to it um so you know no as, as good as my squats are feeling there's no reason to progress that any faster yeah. just you know applying constraints to my training so i don't overdo it but still you know achieve some sort of progression in some way whether it's you know through repetition velocity or anything any other variable that i can progress in um mm. so you know one one constraint i put on is like you know you know training beltless at the moment you know, at least you know, later, later, me apply some sort of conser- conservative model to, yeah. to doing that, and it creates and at least some sort of adaptation that I could could utilize to better my performance when it's time to hit some bigger numbers again. But every 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 number right now is from now until the competition has been planned out, um, or roughly planned out. Right. So within a range. Um. So I do the same thing. I write my program to follow that concept, follow that model, at this stage. So fair enough. Mm. Um, so what does your model tell you that you're hoping to? What do, what would you hope to bench? I've already oh. set it. At, I've already set it between one ninety and two hundred. It's not a hope. I will. Like I, I'm yeah. like follow, just follow the model. What, what? What's your What's your best bench? Two twenty. A little bit more than two twenty. Yeah. So what are you? Fuck, I'm trying to do the that's the, that's, 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 I mean, that's not, that. That's So you're looking to hit around the ninety percent mark. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can hit one ninety pretty in in training pretty easily. So yeah, shouldn't be huge effect. Huge effect on it. Another thing I'll be doing is I'll be using velocity to help regulate um, um, the low tolerance, um, the tolerance on or the low tolerance of. So you'll know, tolerance you, of you, yeah, you'll know the when you you'll, you know when you're going too far because the velocity will drop right off basically. Yeah, so just be a weekly progression to maintain within a f- threshold, um, so that I know that the, you know, the load isn't um, going to be, or the threshold isn't going to be too high on the tissue itself. So, is that is that um, a technique you use for your lifters that you coach? Um, in, ter- in terms of, I mean, in terms oh. of injury recovery and rehabilitation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes and no, like. The, the staying within a threshold um, and adjusting the load to that threshold 
can help prevent injury um, because it keeps us out of the perhaps injury thresholds right or maybe the higher risk to injury thresholds so because we could the reason why we could be too you know we could be over our thresholds for a particular day is because we're not quite recovered had a bad day or there is some sort of injury so bringing bringing the the load down to fit the threshold allows us to still continue the stimulus room you know sti- the stimulus planned um through an object through more of an objective manner yep um, um that could prevent could prevent injury could prevent injury so yeah, but it's just the same same it's just the same theory theory utilized for what i'm doing just kind of reverse engineered a little bit yeah because you know velocity and velocity load and is only you know we can start to you work out what you, you what what kind of um load we're putting through a tissue and we can uh keep it under a very a, a threshold that is likely to injure it so mm. meaning keep it under a, a certain velocity at, at this stage i've got to get it up to a load and velocity that is um that is gives me useful data so at this right. stage just it's more sub more subjective approach at this stage for for it um following a very conservative conservative model more conservative model than i think i'd be adapted be adapted because i think yeah. i could adapt faster um but i'll just stick to my model because um, there, there is a plan and i'm best to just work work in other areas um, that aren't going to yeah do it meaning like you know good time to work on you know muscle hypertrophy you know right yeah yeah, yeah. and all the assistance stuff yeah mm. 